Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Sharon McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, a boutique real estate firm that is home to over 30 real estate sales and marketing consultants who service home buyers and home sellers throughout Boston, the South Shore, the South Coast, and Cape Cod. Our firm takes pride in assisting our clients in the next chapter of their lives by taking a holistic approach to their real estate endeavors. We believe that every move should be a moving experience. Every week, my real estate team member, Mary Baker, and I, along with the director of Boston Connect Real Estate, Melissa Wallace, provide you with our unique marketing approach to selling homes and share with you our expertise in navigating the home buying process. We like to mix it up sometimes, so not only will you hear our perspective on real estate topics, but you will hear the expert thoughts and opinions of some of our real estate agents at Boston Connect Real Estate and the preferred professionals that we trust. Be part of our roundtable. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and wherever you listen to podcasts at Talk Real Estate Roundtable. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me and my team or one of the dedicated agents at Boston Connect Real Estate to discuss your real estate needs, you can connect with us at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. And hello to all our South Shore neighbors. You are listening to the Real Estate Roundtable with Boston Tech Real Estate's broker team. My name is Melissa Wallace, and I am live in studio with Sharon McNamara. Hello. Hello. And Mary Baker. Hello. Hello. I feel like it's, um, I haven't been in the studio for a while. You missed last week, right? Or was it the week before? The week before. I have no idea. Last week we did, you know, a pre-recorded, well, not oh, yay, an old show on real estate scams because yeah. we just thought it was that important to talk about again. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, and um, I do apologize, Ben, but I did not listen to the show last week. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I had asked Ben if he could replay the show and then also do like a little bit of an introduction. So the reason why we replayed our real estate scam show last week was because uh, myself and uh, Sam Horton, who is a full-time real estate agent here at Boston Connect Real Estate, and Mary is smiling because it's it's her boyfriend. Um, uh, it's also my landlord. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was getting a lot of calls, and myself was getting a lot of calls about this real estate scam that was going on um, in Boston. It was a condo that was for sale for $995,000, um, actually on the market, but somebody had posted on Craigslist that it was, was a, a, uh, yeah, it was like a short-term rental. So um, we had all these people who were desperately looking for sort of um, interim housing and saw this beautiful condo fully furnished for $1,300 with two parking spaces <laughs> in Boston and thought, oh, well, I should apply and all these things. So I did a little experiment and I... Uh, reached out to the person on Craigslist. First of all, I don't even know how to use Craigslist, so Sharon finds <laughs> <laughs> the actual posting. Um, and I reached out to the person, and they responded to me. And they um, sent out an application um, that was just a Word document. It wasn't even in oh. PDF form. It was literally he sent me a Word document that I could 
change. Um, he said that he had uh, created a virtual tour and that he gave me all the specifics about the, the apartment and uh, signed it Sam Horton and a phone number. So I called the phone number. It wasn't a real phone number. Um, so then when people start to Google Sam Horton, uh, realtor, they, you know, they get us and they've been calling here and, you know, this, this woman had said, I have been going back and forth via email with Sam about this condo and I was just about to send my deposit and I just felt like something is off, right. something, something here is right, it's too good to be true. So I talked to her, to her a little bit and then I ended up finding it and yeah, it's on the market for $995,000. So Sharon yeah. ended up reaching out to the broker of that company and just let them know, hey, this is what's going on so they could let that agent and um, the seller know because they were using professional photos and everything they were taking from whether it was mls or zillow or whatever they were taking a real live they were taking a real live listing which we talked about before um i think now we've done two real estate scam shows sharon's been on the news about it the whole nine yards but it, it's not just us that's <laughs> happening too. It's it's very, we're the ones finding it. Yeah, we're the ones finding it. You know, put put me to, to work with yeah, finding something and I'll, yeah. I'll figure it out. Um, and then I have to call the big guns to, to, <laughs> to fix it. Um, but yeah, so that's why we uh, sort of went ahead and, and replayed that show. Plus it's the summertime and we, we needed a little bit of time off. So um, we got to enjoy. Day on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, we got to enjoy the beautiful day. Um, Hello, Sharon. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Good. I, I don't even know why I have my headphones still on yeah. because I can't hear anything. I can't hear anything in our And room. I feel like that one's coming in the screaming. middle of the night, I'm sure of it. So. Yeah. Um, but well, what are we talking about this week? Yeah, so tonight we are going to be talking about um, condos and associations. So it doesn't, it's not necessarily just condos. There are other um, living uh, situations, homeowners associations, homeowners associations that, that have um, our associations. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm dealing with our association right now. So, that's yeah. so whether it's a 55 and over community, we'll go over that. Single family homes can also have an association. Um, we have that in, in Copperwood and, um, does Bristol have an association? No. no. Um, so, you know, so we can go through sort of that stuff. Um, but Sharon, this was your idea to have this show. Yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah. So we are actually currently, um, our team is actually working on a transaction right now that involves, um, a couple of things that are sort of tricky to sort of deal with. And one of the things that came up that made me realize how much we have to depend on the other agent on the other side to be, you know, one forthright with information. And if you don't know the information, just tell us you don't know the information. I'd rather know that than try to assume because, you know, one, it's new construction and it's a condominium. So there are a lot of different moving pieces when it comes to that. Um, and it's in the city. So it's in Boston, Roslindale. And, um, that makes it even more complicated, you know? So when it comes to permitting and occupancy permits, it just takes a little bit longer, right? It takes a little bit longer. And unfortunately you're at the mercy of all of these permits getting um, issued. And, you know, besides that with COVID things have been a little bit slower too with construction and everything. Um, but right now we currently have a client that she sold her home in Pembroke, beautiful home on Silver Lake. If you follow um, the team on Instagram, I posted something there uh, last week when we had the closing on Thursday. And 
they moved down to their house in Florida, but they have like two moving trucks. Now everything's in storage for everything that was going to Bronzendale. They had, she had to fly down there to meet the movers and her husband had to stay back for a couple of days. And then she flew back home. He picked her up at the airport and they drove back down to Florida mm -hmm. so they could then unpack their house down there because they don't have a house here. Yeah. And if, you know, I really do, I mean, we are working on 34 self lots right now. So yeah. we are very familiar with new construction and how it works. Um, but we were sort of blindsided by this because now our client is homeless here. Yeah. And her car has been in my <laughs> garage <laughs> in a rug and some hosta or whatever. So um, I just, I think it's important for our listeners to know, we talk about single family homes all the time. Uh, we've talked about condos in the past, but just giving you some, you know, things to think about when you're purchasing a condo and new construction. Yeah. And I sort of, uh, when I was doing the agenda, I started off with sort of the documents that's associated and it's, they're both documents that you want to look at when you are selling and also when you're purchasing. Mm -hmm. So um, why don't we sort of go over some of those docs, explain what they are, what, what is in them, why they're important, and at what time maybe during the process of purchasing do you ask for these documents? Mm -hmm. Certainly. Um, so why don't we start off with the master deed? So does anyone want to go over what the master deed is? So um, master deed would basically tell you how the whole community or the building itself is kind of governed, what ownership responsibilities each or um, each individual unit has, as well as um, the entirety of the, the complex or, or building, so to speak. So um, that's probably one of the more important, I would think, mm -hmm. I would think of the master deed. It's not, it's not really a long document, um, but it's just kind of describing the properties, essentially, just like a single family would have a deed. Mm -hmm. um, the master um, and then what can I go on to the so people all of our listeners know they're listening to us on WATD but then we have a bunch of people on Facebook that also watch us right so yep. hello to all our Facebook friends and I have no idea why my skin is the same color as this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it actually looks like that. I am the same color. I actually do. have a deathly fear of umbilical. Right, I'm going to shut off the sun. The wizard of in here. Yeah, it is a little, it was a little bright, it's like a red stage too. here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, Mary. So it, it outlines specifically like what part of you know each unit is owned by somebody mm -hmm. specifically and considered um, what's common area. Mm -hmm. um, so you know the individual units are described as walls in. Um, so meaning the interior space um, from the subfloor mm -hmm. to the lower surface of the ceilings to the walls. And then shared space usually means the land, the roof, that kind of stuff. It mm -hmm. could be siding, you know, yep. out there. I'm just thinking of. Yeah, that is really important for people to think about when they are moving into a condo is, you know, what am I responsible for? You know, a lot of people want to, you know, that next chapter has a lot to do with, well, I'll talk about, you know, sort of the generation that's right-sizing downward is, you know, what are they responsible to do? Do they have to do they have to shovel snow? Well, in some circumstances you do, but that's more about the rules and regulations, I guess. But um, in the deed, what you have to ensure, yeah, maybe. yeah, the master deed is definitely if you are responsible for your own windows or you know to the studs or to the walls. 
Yeah, and I think it also talks about like who has access to what. So whether it's like decks or parking spaces, mm-hmm. um, like if you're if it's assigned parking and it's deeded. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's what's the difference with that? So if it's a deeded or if it's assigned, oh, um, it's not a good question. Yeah. So deeded deeded would be most of the larger developments are assigned. So the association when it starts will say you know, unit one has parking space one, unit five has, you know, parking five. But in some instances, the association could get together and say, you know what, we want to mix this up a little bit. So now unit one is parking at 10. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd have to go through a lot to get that to sort of happen. Yeah. But in some circumstances, maybe somebody, you know, moves in with a handicap or yeah, something like that. Really and they just want to, you know, do some switching around um, other than just being sort of cordial. Um, the other is deeded. So deeded is, it is in your deed that you are unit one mm-hmm. as parking space one, and then that cannot be changed. Yeah. Good question though. I don't agree. Thank you. I tried to be full of them. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you want to talk about with the master deed? When do you ask for it? Or do you put it on the list? Like, do you wait until a buyer's agent asks for it? Does an attorney ask for it? What's sort of that process when you're selling? Or even when you're purchasing. So, Mary, when you represent a buyer, when is it that you want to see the master deed? I would love it if we could have access to it before an offer was accepted so that they have um, proper and ample time to kind of review. So, if at all possible, we try and get all of the documents up front so we can attach them to MLS so people can kind of review at their leisure up to the deadline in which we're, we're expecting offers to be in. But sometimes that's not the case. Maybe the owner doesn't have the documents anymore. Maybe they've just gotten lost in the shuffle and or they just didn't hold on to them for, for some reason. Um, if that's the scenario, we always make it our offers contingent upon review of all those condo docs. So the master deed, unit deed, declaration of trust, rules, regs, financials and budgets. Um, and we try and do six months of meeting minutes if at all possible. Mm-hmm. So the meeting minutes are probably... The, one of the more resale. that yeah so for for resale if you have an established condo association you would be asking for meeting of minutes because that kind of tells you yeah. how the community is being governed yeah we'll um, go to meeting minutes ooh, yeah. ooh yeah. <laughs> you got a good question about meeting minutes no it's not but obviously with a newer development so this this new construction condo uh, meeting minutes aren't something that they would have because the association isn't established at that point. But so we try and, if at all possible, get those documents before we um, to review before we sign a purchase and sale, even more preferably before we do a home inspection. Mm-hmm. Um, because unless it's explicitly disclosed, say I have 125 pound German Shepherd and the, the real estate agent and the homeowner don't know or don't disclose that there's some type of pet policy that I can't have a specific type of breed or there's a mm-hmm. weight limit. Mm-hmm. Um, We're going to talk about that later too, right? Yeah. Um, and until I review the condo docs, I have I have no knowledge of that. So mm-hmm. I don't really want to spend money on a home inspection mm-hmm. just to get the condo docs after the home inspection and realize, you know, the only way I'm moving into this condo is if I rehome my 125 pound German Shepherd. Yeah. Which, knowing me, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, you're sort of going into what it's like the Declaration of Trust, what's yeah. the bylaws. So, yeah. so what. And a lot of times, too, when you're putting in the offer, though, you initially in MLS, it will say if pets are allowed and then usually there are some restrictions and things. So usually, you know, that up front, like they'll say, 
you know, will accept, you know, dogs at a certain weight and things. So you can sort of ask that. I just want to sort of stay on track a little bit about when we ask for them and why this is so important is because this is where we sort of fell into a trap. And um, again, I don't believe that there was anything that Mary or I or Emmanuel, um, their attorney, could have done differently to make the outcome any different. Because when we asked the listing agent, you know, about the condo docs, he said that they would have them in a couple weeks. He also said that they would have the occupancy permit in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So again, I just, I don't know how long he's been saying just a couple weeks, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So I'd rather just know, Hey, we're really unsure at this yeah. time because knowing that information could have potentially made swayed her decision mm -hmm. to go forward with this property. Now she did spend $850 on a home inspection. She does have all of her belongings in storage now. Mm -hmm. She has had to stay in a hotel a couple nights here. You know, they're driving back and forth to Florida. And it was based on the information that we received that was inaccurate. And the other thing is, and Mary can talk more about this as well, is, you know, when you're asking about the rules and the regulations and the declar declaration of trust and what the condo association will and will not allow you to do, one of the and why it's important to have those docs and not wait is because or even take the word of somebody now first of all as a listing agent i would have never given the answer that this agent gave um everybody does their business different but he said that he the condo docs were you know he would have them in a couple weeks for us and he also said what was really imperative was her being able to rent, correct? Yeah. Yes. So why don't you take the story from there and how that sort of unfolded? So one of the really important things with condos is, especially from a resale and a, a use and a resale aspect, you want to understand what you're able to do with it. So especially when you're in the city, everybody's heard that you know they're not allowing Airbnbs or short-term mm -hmm. rentals and that the city of Boston is restricting. Um, and the reason, well, the reason they do that is because they don't want investors just buying up all of the properties and Airbnb being for profit. Profit. They want to encourage owner occupancy. Um, but with that, so this specific um, unit was going to be used potentially as a, a short-term rental, just from a snowbird perspective. I'm going to spend some time in Florida, and when I'm home, this is where I want my my hub to be. And we were given an absolute affirmative that the condo would be have no real rental restrictions, um, and that he knew that for a fact, and that several other units were in the in the. Um, Never say you know something for a fact. <laughs> so, like, ever. It was it was very much the affirmative, along with the condo docs will be given to you as soon as the offer is accepted. So we obviously still made a contingent upon the condo docs review and all of that. We just anticipated that based off of the information that we were being told that the condo docs were already drafted in hand, ready to be given. And it was just a matter of when the units get certificate of occupancy and closed, they'll be recorded. So we thought we were going to have more time to review, look over, um, analyze, you know, we thought that the use that was being told to us as an affirmative was going to be in there. Um, and that would be taking somebody off of their word, truthfully. Mm -hmm. Like if you represent something to me that is a truth, I'm going to take it as a truth because I don't yeah. know you to be. And the thing is, is like I don't, I don't feel like he was, I don't feel like he was fibbing on. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't feel like he was 
saying these things based on, oh, I know that you can't do it, so I'm going to tell them that they can. I just think that he assumed, didn't know. He assumed that yeah. would be okay. Like, what would be the big deal? You know what I mean? For that, and it's kind of like, oh, I mean, yes, I've had multiple people ask this. And even, you know, we've had multiple conversations with Emmanuel about this. A lot of times these condo docs are really drafted specifically by the attorney mm-hmm. and then make the seller doesn't really care. Mm-hmm. Like if they hired an attorney to do a job and draft documents that can be upwards of 50 to 100 pages, they're not probably sitting down, especially a, a builder sitting down and redlining and saying, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do this. They're hiring an attorney to make those suggestions for them. And kind of just saying, oh, all right, well, it is what it is. You're going to protect me the best way I'm hiring you to. And I'm sure he felt as if, you know, that was the case. <laughs> is this thing all What's behind this? Every so often I feel like I'm hearing then. Oh, yeah, like, me too. I, I don't the, know. Uh, are you trying to get us? None, none of us have our headphones on. <laughs> um, yeah, but I... I want to give our phone number too? Yeah, I was just going to. That's okay. Um, you're listening to the Talk Real Estate Roundtable. If you want to uh, ask us a question or even call and say hi, ask us how our day is going, yeah. um, you can give Ben a call at the studio and he'll get you right over to us, 781-837-4900. Uh, we're also live on Facebook, so we're everywhere. Find us. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so you know, with the condo association associations, I can't talk today. Um, you know, you're talking about the bylaws. So who comes up with the bylaws? Once, okay. So let's start off with okay, you're creating, you're building a new development. Who's making the rules then? And then once the development gets turned over, who makes the rules then? So the attorneys, really, the seller's attorney is the one who's drafting all of the condo docs, the bylaws, the master deed, unit deed, declaration of trust, everything, really. Um, and then it's presented to, it's not, they're not official um, until the property, they have to have so many close, right? Or the first one has to close in a new community before they, the deeds are actually, not the deeds, the um, condo docs are recorded, doesn't it? No, they have to be recorded before the first one can be sold. You're thinking oh. the 25, 75% of the condos have to be sold before the association is then turned gotcha, over gotcha. to either a management company or to the owners of the development. And like one of the things with the condo ducks, like, yes, it's true that the attorneys probably have like a boilerplate that they use for all condo docs, you know, specific on where they are, if they're in the city or if they're in the, you know, South Shore, North Shore, whatever it is, um, you know, some like that are near beaches. So like beach rights yeah. and all that type of stuff. But I, the builders, once they review them, they can then make adjustments and suggestions as well. So I do remember um, when we had the development, there was 15 units over at Jefferson. Yep. And that was in Pembroke across from Dairy Twist. Um, and I remember that Kevin Sealand, who was the builder over there, he wanted to make, he, wa- he wanted to discuss with me the policy with dogs and how does everybody else handle it. My recollection, so they say it, recollection, yeah. is that those condo docs specify that it's the breed of dog per insurance companies. So certain dog breeds are not, um, you know, you have extra insurance. Mm-hmm. So like a pit bull or a Doberman, I think, is on there. German Shepherd, I think, German might be, might be on there as well. 
So I believe that he went towards the breed of dog, not the size of dog. Because it's very assumptuous to think that a dog under 25 pounds isn't going to rip your face off. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. I don't know if it's going to rip your face off, but if it bites you, it's not going to be well, little nibbles. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. little nibbles that can cause little puncture wounds. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, Mary's cat bites me. He's got little teeth. I'm like, like Jeez, stop it. He just likes to nibble. Sarah's never going to come to my house. He just likes to nibble. Like, oh, he's has the cat that cat is creepy looking it's not, that's it's what job looks like it looks yeah. like it's, it's in right. a scary movie looks it belongs in a scary movie that oh, cat i love luna oh, very cute oh. um but i think that well that's a good point so making the suggestion to instead you know do a boilerplate 20 pound restriction or yeah. um, or do we do it towards the breed so, and that's the thing is you have to think about the builder does definitely not maybe in this market, but in certain markets, the, and two, by the time the developer starts and by the time he finishes, there's a lot of time that goes on in between and who knows how a market is going to swing if yeah. it swings at all. So it's important that, you know, um, I just lost my train of thought. I think it's the more restrictions you have, the less likely someone will be purchasing in there. Exactly. So yeah. if the market goes down, it's weird that you can read my mind. I, I, I'm just going to sit here and not talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's what I was going to say. It's like, whenever I see like a breed restriction and stuff, it's like, there are people that get upset about it because there are very well-behaved dogs that may come from a breed that might be aggressive. Like, it's just all in the way that, yeah. I mean, anybody can turn on an instant. Anybody can be aggressive, you know? It's so, all on the owner. So I think that they should put restrictions on, on the owners. <laughs> or you can't park the boat there, you mm. can't have a fence, you Rental can't... restriction. That's a good one. Those oh, yes. sorry, I just thought of one. You I, know, I, know, I, know, I, know, I personally have been packing my house all day and moved my entire house out into my garage. So there you go. I had to hire movers and everything. So, um, yep, see, lost it. Yeah, so, uh, boat. Talk boats? Oh, no, cars, um, yeah. vehicles. Mm -hmm. So if you, vehicles. Yeah, if, you have your own, if you have your own business and you're, you know, let's just say a plumbing company and you have a big box truck, you may not be able to park yeah. that box truck on that facility. Yeah. Or even if you have a small van with lettering on it, you may not be able to yeah. park that vehicle. So why is that? Why would you put in your bylaws, though you can't have McNamara plumbing box truck sitting in your driveway? Well, why? I own that. Because Mary might not want to look at it all day. Yeah. I'm probably not going to see it from inside my house, but maybe you have to you have to look at it from across the street. Yeah. <laughs> across the street. I think they try and protect a uh, an aesthetic, right? So yeah. the, an aesthetic yeah. of what the units could be at their very finest. They try and protect against that. A lot of condo docs that we find, because that's actually a very common one. Is is work mm -hmm. work. And it's not that you can't have a work truck if it fits in the, if it fits in the garage. They're not going to tell you no, mm -hmm. but Oftentimes, and, the work trucks aren't going to fit in the garage. Yeah, and the good builders too are, you know, the, the contractors sure, that are. When plus what? Unless you're a cleaning lady. So um, you just show up <laughs> yeah, I mean, if somebody's coming to do work at your yeah. house, I mean, that's different. But um, you know, some of the like I do remember over at Jefferson, there was somebody who did want to put their car there, their mm -hmm. truck there, and the builder was able to figure. Uh, 
put put something in place with somebody out back because it's like industrial back there. So be able to get that guy a parking space back there. Mm-hmm. So you know that yeah. worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's all in the. It, I think it's all in the developer. It's all in the developer. So it might be easier to make some of those changes like in the beginning stages of the development as opposed to an established community where now mm-hmm. you're coming in if you want to make changes and they're like, uh, 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 you've been here. Um, and I'm just thinking, like, when it, getting back to the pet policy, like, uh, there are developments that used to allow dogs, and now they've changed it where there's no longer, uh, you can't have dogs unless they're grandfathered in, and so no new owners can bring in dogs, like, meadows. at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the meadows. Yeah. Kevin's going <laughs> to those ones, too. Those are really nice. I like those. So. Yeah. yeah, I can't, you know, unless they're grandfathered in, you can't have dogs, but in the Christmas time and stuff, but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so there, there, it, things can change. So the, the board of trustees, so let's talk about when it's the community is given over to the people who live there. So yeah. let's take a management company out of it for a second. Mm-hmm. So it's the people who live there. So the yeah. board of trustees, they can make changes, mm-hmm. correct? They can, but those changes also have to be recorded at the mm-hmm. registry of deeds. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's really important when you are part of an association to go to the meetings because your vote definitely counts. You know, Um, in that situation that you were talking about, you know, with the dogs, you know, it's unfortunate because the way that the development was put together was that you could have dogs up to a certain weight. And, you know, for the most part, it worked fine. And then you get a group now as time goes by. I mean, those units are older. Yeah, I think those were early 2000s. Yeah, I think they were in the 90s, actually. And they, as they were being built, you know, they, everything was fine. But then as they were being sold, sold yeah. then different people were coming in and they decided that they don't like dogs. Well, maybe they shouldn't have moved in then, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't like that when associations just sort of make decisions based on what's best for them right now. Yeah. Because it could, it was probably perfectly fine, but now you get you know, a bunch of people on there that don't like dogs. So <laughs> if, I'm not living with anybody who doesn't like dogs. Just yeah. saying, you don't like a dog? But then, you know what, then you're forcing What's people wrong? to, you know, have, you know, I have an emotional support dog. Well, what happens if you're, you have a dog and you're grandfathered in and the dog gets pregnant and now you have puppies? Is the, are the puppies grandfathered in? <laughs> are you only grandfathered <laughs> in for that one dog? Or I know. Either, right? Can I get another dog or a placement that looks exactly like Yeah, that. it's just complicated. And I think that, when the you know when the rules and regulations are put in place that it will say you know like when i had the development up here there were 44 condos up here in pembroke center 55 plus development i was working with with jim wheeler at the time uh, marketing his properties and i one of the things it was in the rules and regulations that is if your dog should soil that you have you're responsible to pick it up Mm -hmm. it was sounds really hard it's so simple, you know what I mean? So, and here's the thing, you're in a condo development. If your dog is squatting for more than like three seconds, then somebody everyone knows it. Somebody, somebody knows what you don't have. Just pick gonna, it up. I was going to say, I don't even have an association I can back for my dog. There yeah. is not, I walk in the public. <laughs> there, there's not much, you know, land to begin with to be walking a dog. Yeah. And Keep also, for everybody. There's, mm-hmm. there's nowhere to hide. Like somebody yeah. is always watching. Yeah. Somebody's always going to be home. And again, that just comes back to being a responsible person and, you know, just doing what the, what the rules and regulations say. And you read them before you purchase, so you should be willing and able to do that. Yeah. Um, 
so, we're really passionate about pets over here. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's not just about establishing the rules. It's about enforcing them as well. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like the board of trustees, like part of the meeting it will be about if something happened, somebody broke whatever rule, it's about what are we going to do to rectify this situation. Usually they'll enforce it. They'll get a letter, you know, from the association saying, you know, we find you in violation of, you know, rules, regulations, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and maybe there's a policy in there that, you know, three strikes and, you know, then they have to take court action. I have no you idea. your front door off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they peel up all your grass. But there might there might be a rule where you can't paint your front door. Yeah. You, there's there's rules That's where fine. you you know, if you have uh, decorative lights, they have to be white. They can't mm-hmm. be colored. Like you have to have the aesthetic if they even allow you to have if them. they yeah. If you even are allowed. Do you have one of the, the flags? I was going to, I was literally just. I didn't do that. the flag, but yeah. yeah I, I, it was a big situation in town here with, um, it was Barker Square, actually. And it was a big to-do because people wanted to put up flags. And in the regulations, it says you can't. Mm-hmm. So every, you know, somebody could put up a flower, like, you know, they have the ones with the flower on it or whatever <laughs> in the springtime. But then you could have somebody that puts up a Biden sign and then goes up a Trump sign and then goes up an American flag and then goes up whatever. Yeah. So then that now people have a problem with all the flags that are out there. And the one person is like, hey, I don't want to look at a Trump. I don't want to look at Biden. I don't want to look at any of these, you know, signs, flags. Yeah. So then they have to come down. Yeah. And then it goes to the next thing no no nothing in your windows because then people were stuck to put things in the window and yeah. now you can't do that either even if you put in your house for sale you can open your garage door and just have things just in your garage regulations that all the garage doors have to be shut unless you are going in and out of your uh, oh, that's a one mm-hmm. really? that's a one that's a one yep interesting yeah i think that's over at jefferson so I mean, all of this is a, just a big way of us saying it's really important to read yeah. those rules and regulations because yeah. you really never know what it's going to say. In I guess it would make sense with like the whole garage thing because a lot of people keep their garages messy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think our garage is messy anymore, but no, there was a point where it, it was messy. But I mean, we have four cars and we don't park any of them in the garage <laughs> so yeah um, that's the other thing too you have restrictions on how many people you can have there's another development right here in Pembroke and the, the association was very upset because it's um, a two-bedroom unit and it's a big extended family and they had um as their kids were getting older they were getting cars and everything else and they were taking up all the visitor parking well it's like well you are issued two parking spaces and the visitor parking spaces for people who are not staying there longer than that's the other thing too with the 55 plus development um you know the rules and regulations about that is is that a different question for you or you want me to get into that the 55 plus it, it is part, it, it, it is part it's of private it. i mean we only have 11 minutes okay. so, so you can so with the 55 plus developments um i just want to let everyone know too if you have any questions for us we'd love to have a question uh, 781-837-4900. We can let the new guy, I think his name is George. Is that what, who it is? George? We can't hear him. I can't, we can't. I don't know why they can't hear us. Oh, no, we can hear you just fine. What's going um, on? 
Yeah. All right. We do have a comment on Facebook, though, from Drew Benton. Okay. Do you know him? Uh, I would think there would be a rule on destructive dog or a pet. So somebody who uh, some barks a lot. Oh, a barking dog. Disruptive. holes all yeah. over. Yes. Yeah. Well, I know of a destructive dog in one of the communities. I was doing it open house somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It just went off and off. On and on and on and on. Yes. Okay. Well, so there is, so when we're talking about just, there's different types of associations. So manufactured homes tend to have like a park association or um, part of there. They don't have a restricted pet policy, but every pet that you have needs to be approved by mm -hmm. the um, park owner. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you, a lot of times they physically have you come in and interview with your animal mm -hmm. and the park owner, especially if they own that community, they have sole discretion to say yes or no. You're, you're either not getting approved or you're getting approved. Yeah. So puppy must be on his best behavior. Good, good um, comment, though. Drew Benton is actually uh, the gentleman who uh, painted all my cabinets, and he did a great oh, job. Yeah, hello, Drew. Yes. Great job, Drew. Yeah, all the great cabinet painter. Drew Benton is the Yeah, I think it's super important. Like, if, if the parking situation is important to you, find that out as soon as possible. Uh -huh. When I was showing my cousin condos a couple weeks ago, we found out that there were four parking spaces oh, yeah. for guests in the whole entire, like, there was like 150 units, four parking spaces, and there's no overnight parking. Oh, really? No oh, overnight yeah. parking. So you can't have a sleepover? No. no. I literally said that. I go, you know you can't have a sleepover, right? <laughs> Did she have one parking space or two? One parking space. Wow, that's great. And they, they're tandem. Really? I didn't even understand well, how that even works. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, that's um, so it was a no. Mm -hmm. uh, but with but, 55 yeah. plus, it's, um, you have to, some of the things that you have to watch for that is, do both people have to be 55? Does only one person have to be 55? So I know like Center Commons, only one person has to be 55 to live in the unit. And I remember I was selling one of the front ones one time, the townhouse style, and it was a resale actually. And it was a gentleman who was older than 55. So he qualified. His new wife was in her forties. So she qualified only because she's married to him while well, she had two young kids as well. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, we're going to go sledding down here. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And it sort of made me think, and I was like, hmm, it wasn't specific enough to say that you know, everybody goes to a 55 plus because they're thinking there won't be children unless living there, unless they're just guests, you know what I mean, grandkids coming to visit. But I thought about hmm, the liability that it would put on the association for kids, you know, sledding and things like that. I mean, I, it would be dangerous for 55. <laughs> It's a sled too, but I don't think I think that they're probably not going to. <laughs> dangerous for me. There's some uh, athletic 55 plus people out there. Yeah. Um, so you never know. But but even Sharon, you brought this up earlier when we were talking about 55 plus communities um, on the phone. It's you know what happens if that one person who is 55 or over mm -hmm. passes away. Mm -hmm. So everybody that's left in the house is not. 55 and over, what happens then? They have to sell. That actually happened to um, a, a well, stepmother of mine. Hmm. Um, her, her and her mother lived together, and um, mom unfortunately passed away. And since they, she, she was under 55, and the association actually met and granted her the ability to be able to stay. They didn't make her sell uh -huh. because she was. 
they were, she was a nice person to have there. So yeah. they did make that discretionary decision. Yeah. But in all reality, if you had a bunch of jerks, they could make they you get out. Make you yeah. mm -hmm. And that's like teetering a little bit too, is when, you know what I mean? If you let one person do it, it's like, she now married you somebody the next year that was 55 plus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he moved right in. Um, it was the president of the association. <laughs> she always had a home. Um, we touched upon it a little bit. Let's go with renting. So mm -hmm. can you rent out your unit? Is it going to uh, affect somebody's um, ability to get... Um, financing for it all that that fun stuff mm -hmm. yeah so it definitely does um because when it i guess it depends on the type of loan that you're going for a certain percentage of the units now this was when we were in the declined market i specifically remember twin lakes was in a situation do you remember mm -hmm. that they had too many of the units were actually being rented so it was difficult. It was some people were getting declined based on that. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't get a loan. So that's why the association has to keep a count on all of that and really, you know, make sure that they are aware of who is renting and who isn't. So from a resale standpoint, there is every um, bank has a condo questionnaire that the communities have to fill out, which will ask. Mm -hmm. If they're FHA, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac compliant, which is usually, it usually has a lot to do with the owner occupancy rate. Mm -hmm. um, and you usually have to pay to have that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. in a larger um, association. Through the management companies, yeah. So what the questionnaire says right on is like how many of the units are rented and how many are owned. You know, yeah. I mean, like owner occupied. So mm -hmm. they definitely are looking at that. And two, as Mary had mentioned earlier, you know, you sort of have to go by what the, the bylaws are of each town, you know, through zoning or whatever it is. Um, you know, can you do an Airbnb? Are you not allowed to do Airbnbs? Can you, you know, do you have a minimum? There was one that Mary went and previewed for our client the other day that was in Quincy, and he said it had a six-month minimum. So, you know, you really have to look into that if that's something that you are considering. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're going to consider renting you know just having the condo for a little bit then buying a single family yeah and right. then keeping it to rent you might not be able to yeah yeah so going to these condos right? with a plan mm -hmm. yeah if it's, an, if it's you know something that you're going to resale or you're going to sell or you're going to um, plan on using as an investment that could be a huge detriment yeah um let's talk about meeting minutes so why are meeting minutes important for sharon has a horror story mm -hmm. yeah so they're really important to look at because when the meetings of the minute, the minutes of the meetings are really important because if we go back six months and we're looking at, you know, the, the association associations will talk about things. They'll say, oh, building two um, has, you know, we're going to have to do decks over on building two and building three, but we'll wait until the spring to do it. So you, there's going to be a couple months in there where they're not, probably not going to talk about it because it's tabled until then. Mm -hmm. So that's why you want to go back as far as you want to. So those types of things will come up. So you'll know if a special assessment is coming up or anything like that. The other thing is one, I was a young girl. She was a client's uh, daughter and I was helping her find a place down in Plymouth. There was a bigger development and right in the condo, in the minutes, it said, that there was a renter in unit seven or whatever that had been harassing the female residents in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. Well, you sort of want to know those yeah, things. Yeah, you're exactly like, well, maybe this isn't the right place for you. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, I had attended a, um, an open house um, at a condo and the instructions were to come in through the back door. Um, so it did. And then I was like, no, I'm going to go to the front because it, it also said that there was a new intercom system. So I want to look at that. Well, right in the front door, it's a notice saying that all these cars have been broken into. So I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so maybe that's why we had to go well, through the back door. So you have to take a walk around. Yeah, and yeah. Drew says thanks for the plug. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Drew, we're getting the floors done tomorrow, so I'll have some pictures. Um, yeah. So, at what point do you ask for the meeting minutes? As soon as we're possible. The time is offer. <laughs> yeah, it's contingent upon review of all of these items that we're yeah. talking about right now. Yeah. And again, you have that ten-day time period generally between put, submitting your offer and, you know getting to PNS. Yeah. So you want to get them as soon as you possibly can. Yeah. And you'll be able to see, you know, who attended the meeting at important times, at what point in the meeting was things brought up, you know, all the discussions, the motions, voting on something, whether there's going to be a special assessment, you can sometimes find it. Um, yeah. So um, definitely look for the budget. That's yeah. one of the documents that you should be asking for because that will let you know how much money is in the yeah. reserves, if any. Well, and, and something important to note about the meeting minutes and the condo budget is that they're not public records. So those yeah. documents don't get recorded. Those are things that you have to request. So it's either the seller or the management company requesting these minutes or the condo budget because you're not just putting out there how much money every association has. Um, so it's not public record. These are things that you have to ask for. Um, they're not just going to be given to you just because. Look for a well-run association. 30 seconds. If that, nothing's, nothing's better than well-run. If they don't have documents for you, I'd be a little hesitant. What's mm -hmm. our condo budget? <laughs> and too, the other thing to think about too, and I know we don't have much time left, but you know, a lot of the like condos, you know, conversions, you know, there's three units and then they're making them a condo. Um, now just think, two people don't play the association, then you're in trouble. But anyway. Yeah, so well thanks for listening to us, Talk Real Estate Roundtable. We will be back next Tuesday.